everybody, and welcome to the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. My name is Zach. I'm Andy. And I'm Nate. And we are just three regular crazy fans about Nebraska that is here to talk about Nebraska football. The essential goal overall for those that obviously this is our first episode, so the goal is to just talk about Nebraska football as the season happens, and obviously the season hasn't started yet, so this is the preseason plus game week discussion that we'll have. And the idea is we'll just let the ideas flow and see what we think about it. And hopefully we'll see how many people agree or disagree with us. So um, whoever, think, if anybody's got any topic to start, let's yeah, go with it. I think that we could all agree since uh, the end of last season ended to now uh, we are what seven time off season champs. Pretty much, at least seven times. <laughs> at least seven times. I feel like it's shooting low. Honestly, <laughs> we uh we never fail to have a not eventful off season, whether that is in terms of recruiting or the inevitable COVID NCAA investigation that got handed down to Nebraska. At finally, at least. But outside of that, I mean, obviously, probably the biggest change outside of that is the hiring of the new offensive staff that Scott made with his staff and essentially Trev kind of reducing Scott's contract and the buyout date and everything um, and that whole restructured contract for Scott. So fair to say that this season is much so on Scott to succeed and perform well than any other time that he has been here the past five seasons. Yeah, it absolutely. Feels like there's a lot on the line this season, especially uh, a lot of the <laughs> jokes online that week zero has a lot of weight for us. <laughs> and it does. I it really does. I think, I think we'll know by, what is game six? I don't have the schedule pulled up, unfortunately, but whatever, uh, whatever our six game, we'll know by game six where we're standing. If we, I, I personally think Rutgers. if we even still have Scott Frost at that point, it's like, I, I think, I think we've, I think we, we've all discussed this offline, but I think um, four and two, I think is minimum at mid season to, to keep Scott around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, just yeah, looking at our schedule, it's, I mean, you could argue by the Oklahoma game, I feel like we'll know. <laughs> That's true. Or by the end of the Oklahoma game, at least, we'll know kind of where Scott's standing is. I mean, we got Northwestern starting up, and then we go North Dakota, Georgia Southern, so it should be, should be two games, you know, that you go out and win. <laughs> in theory, really and, I'm, uh, and this is not to dog on Northwestern, but in theory, with Northwestern not returning as much talent, mm-hmm. uh, even though Pat Fitzgerald is a fantastic coach, I do think that Northwestern, I mean, it's starting the season off. Like that's going to be, that's going to be the bar. Like how, how good is Nebraska at that point? So Mm -hmm. Northwestern sets the bar for us. And I'm not saying it has to be like it was last year where it's like 56 to three or whatever it was, but you know, we need to set the tone right there. Um, Which I thought was interesting because in one of the press conferences, Mark Whipple said that, most games are uh, 
most opening games are lost, which I thought was a really key point to take from that where, you know, <laughs> we don't want to be that statistic. We want to, we mm-hmm. want to be better than that. And obviously as three raging Nebraska fans that probably have at least two too many beers every Saturday at Hot Husker game days, you know, we're definitely mm-hmm. feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, an I, important I think date. yeah, I think, I think outside of the Northwestern game being obviously one of the heaviest games of the year in terms of just how much weight is on it. I think Oklahoma is also a good barometer. I think that's a good, a good spot. I think that's a good, I, I agree with Nate. Um, but with that, I mean, we're kind of already talking about it, but you know, just throwing it out there. Let's start with uh, what we think we might see as a win loss record. Uh, let's see how optimistic we are. I, I go back and forth on this so much because I obviously love chugging the Kool-Aid and I love being an optimistic Husker fan. And I mean, looking at the schedule, you can look at it and you can, you know, you can confidently say probably five, six wins. And I want to say, like, I want to say more. And I've seen the predictions out there of like, oh, they're probably like an eight, nine win team. And I'm like, yeah, that would be great. The issue is at one point, in the Scott Frost era, have we seen that his team is able to achieve that now? And what makes this harder for this season is obviously a new offensive staff, new offensive players, transfers coming in on both sides of the ball. And we have no idea what this team is going to look like. And so much riding on Scott for the season to succeed, to keep his job. It's tough to say, like, you know, Every year we should be beating Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, and those are teams that we Scott has not been able to beat. I think his best, from what I saw, I think he's two and two against Illinois as his best of the Big Ten West teams that we play, and those are teams that like we are expected to beat every year, and we just Scott hasn't been able to do that. So it's it's tough to say that I want to see a seven plus win team, eight win team. But realistically, I'm still sitting here thinking six and six. Cause yeah, you go in, you have to go into Oklahoma at minimum two and one. If you drop Northwestern, it would be great three and oh, but at minimum you have to go into Oklahoma two and one because once you get to, and I mean, Indiana Rutgers are not going to be cakewalks. Um, no, Especially Indiana. Rutgers. Ironically yeah. enough, I think Rutgers has, you know, this is obviously not Nebraska focused, but I think Rutgers has quite a bit of, you know, hype surrounding them too. And that's so I mean they're not a big Friday night in at at Rutgers. So I mean anything, that's a shortened week already for them. And they have to travel to Fly Rutgers on a Friday Rutgers. night to play that game. So that's no cakewalk. But then after that you get Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota. Like those last four games, I mean most people are going 0-4, and, and it's hard to reason with them that, you know, we might be able to sneak one one game out of there, but it's hard to say, like, they won't go 0-4 in that stretch because nothing in the past five years under Scott has showed me that they can win those games at all. So this, this season is just going to be one giant pressure game weekly. 
just for how much is riding on Scott, how much is just riding on Which is perfect for starting a podcast. And here we are. <laughs> it's, there's just so many unknowns Dude, going into The world needed us most. Week. <laughs> Absolutely. Nate, what you but, got? Yeah. Ah, oh, man. I, I always hate this because... I get those real optimistic goggles just looking mm-hmm. at our schedule. <laughs> it looks real juicy to me. I mean, if and I I agree with it, you, Nate. I mean, of all the schedules for Scott, like this is probably the most manageable and or easiest that he's mm-hmm. had so far. Which yeah. makes which That's is why people are saying like seven eight wins. But I'm like, yeah, but we haven't done that either. <laughs> yep, I I hundred percent agree with. Your Not since our good old boy Mike Riley went nine and four. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But I just—I don't know. I see—I see Northwestern. We kind of just ran away with them last year. Like you said, Zach, they haven't necessarily shown a whole lot of signs where they're going to be improving all that much, aside from just Pat Fitzgerald potentially out coaching. I mean, that's. I feel like really our failure mode for that game. Um, but I think there's enough hype around it. There's enough uh, just excitement for that first game. Uh, I think guys are going to want to get out and play hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Really just go after it against Northwestern. I've, I feel like especially after last year, starting off against Illinois, how we did, I feel like a lot of a lot of the players are going to remember that and kind of. I mean, the wind, the wind kind of just lost, from, you know, or sorry, the sales just lost all the wind. After that first game, and I'm not I'm not gonna be like the what if guy too much, but in this case, like if we would have won that game, in a handy way, like if we would have been mm-hmm. like, yep, we handled Illinois like we we thought we were supposed to, especially yeah. under the regime of, you know, there's a new head coach, there's a lot of you know mm-hmm. unknowns around that team. Mm-hmm. In theory, Nebraska should have ran away with it, and they didn't. And I think <clears throat> I think it's gonna be huge how we start like we already talked about but mm-hmm. you know that that first game will absolutely set the tone going forward i think if we would have trounced illinois last year i think <laughs> last year would have been a little different i'm not going to say wildly different but we might have seen a bowl game and that's that's what terrifies me is like pat's fitzgerald is a great coach mm-hmm. and we know whether his team is good or bad like we know he will have his players ready to go and I just, I haven't, like, we haven't seen that with Scott at all at, throughout his tenure here. We haven't, he hasn't shown that he's outside of, like, the helmet games, like last year, where we showed up for the big games, but then you go walk into, obviously, like, Illinois or Purdue, games that you should win, and then you play absolute garbage, but then you show up against Michigan and you take them down to the last possession. It's like, that shouldn't happen for only just the big time games that should happen every single game but you should Mm -hmm. win and that's where i think northwestern has the advantage just because you have pat fitzgerald who has shown that he can do that absolutely so if i i don't know if we officially said but if you guys had to put you know like at the end of the year like what what are you thinking like we you know we gotta cement this in we might as well start taking betting odds right like yeah, we all have I money. Think... To, we all have money to blow, right? Oh, I'll look up the odds real quick. Um, I think Nebraska's line is set at seven and a half. I want to say. 
but uh, don't quote me on that just yet. But you two can go with your predictions first, and then I'll. I mean, Nate, you were kind of finishing off your thoughts, so I'll let you go first. Um, yeah. Um. Gosh, I guess. Just looking at the rest of it, I mean, like I said, we got Northwestern, then we got the North Dakota Georgia Southern. Which, living in North Dakota, I feel like there's a little bit of a underestimate on uh, how North Dakota might be coming in this year. They uh, <laughs> they did lose their uh, top running back, but I mean they were a pretty solid team last year that gave like North Dakota State and teams like that some pretty solid games. South Dakota State as well, and uh, I, I'm not predicting a big upset, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that one just a, a touch closer than. Uh, maybe what some people are thinking but i i don't know i see those first three as wins and i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i think oklahoma is gonna be a little overrated <laughs> i think we can yeah pull that's that the other thing that we them. can touch on too is like oklahoma has gone through also a very drastic offseason too with mm-hmm. lincoln riley going to usc and taking um God, who's the quarterback? <laughs> Completely forgot Caleb who the quarterback Williams? was. Caleb Williams, was. yes. He, yeah. Yes, he took him to USC. And then USC got the Jordan Atkinson, who is Pitt's wide receiver from last year, who Kenny Pickett had, which also you bring that back from Mark Whipple. But, I mean, Oklahoma's also gone through a lot of change this offseason, too. And who knows what their season is going to be like when they come into yeah. Lincoln. I mean, I mean, obviously it's still Oklahoma. Like you can't, mm-hmm. it'll still be good. It's kind it of is. like, it's kind of like what Nebraska used to be. Like you can't, you can't overlook them too much, but mm-hmm. I do agree. Mm-hmm. Nate. I think they are. I think they might. I mean, they're already like, as of right now, preseason polls have them at nine, which I don't think is necessarily unfair. I kind of agree right. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you guys hit other points. Well, it's unknown. So, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot there that is going to be totally different. Um, I don't remember their head coach's name. We should have looked it up. But, uh, uh, Brett Venables. Yeah, and I think, you know, just because he came from Clemson, right? Mm-hmm. I think, yes. you know, the way he got, the way he had his team playing, or his group playing at Clemson, regardless of how much you like them or not, they, they really enjoyed Venables. And so I think <laughs> he'll have a team of dogs. I think he will be comparable to like a Pat Fitzgerald in the Big 12. I think mm-hmm. no matter what, like he might field one of the worst teams in the Big 12. Well, mm-hmm. now, till they move. But he might field one of the worst teams in the Big 12, but they're still mm-hmm. going to go out and play every down for him because he's just that much of a good coach. I, I don't think it's fair to necessarily, or I don't think it's unfair to say it might be overhyped, but I mm-hmm. don't think you can overlook him either. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously, you can't overlook him. So Vegas has the Nebraska win total at seven and a half, which is where I thought it was. Vegas is definitely bullish on Nebraska because they are still 13 point favorites for Northwestern right now <laughs> yep. for a team that we have absolutely no idea what's going to look like in terms of offense agree with that and line, special teams. Right. <laughs> it's going to like the special teams is a whole other topic too, because all new specialists, both punters, returners, mm-hmm. field goal kickers, like everybody's new on special teams with a new coach. So we have no idea what the kickers look like either. <laughs> uh, the, 
the optimistic pessimistic outlook is it, it can't get much worse right <laughs> I, yeah and that's like nebraska hasn't won seven games since mike riley <laughs> i do think i do season. think there is something to be optimistic i do think the thing to be optimistic about this year is that regardless of what happens i think unless i mean unless it's a very specific scenario and i don't know mm-hmm. what that is but i think it's either going to be we have a good year and Scott Frost shows that he's grown and he's he's obviously good to go. Well, relatively speaking, he like he's he's figured out like his coaching style that works in the Big Ten, and mm-hmm. we build upon that. We might not necessarily be, you know, we might go let's say nine and three. We might go nine and three, and you know, next year we might go eight and four. We might not have the same type of year, and that's mm-hmm. okay. But you know, now we might start seeing that he's figured out the system, the process for him that works. Great. Or on the flip side, we see another year of what we've seen from Scott Frost. And we know that at the end of the year, if not the middle of the year, there's change coming. Now, what that change, the, the change is a little nerve wracking if that's where it gets to, because who knows what that means. My, my thought process in that regard is if Scott is not retained, you know, I think interim is for sure Mickey Joseph. That's my take. Um, I think he'd be a great head coach. Um, obviously everybody would love him because of the ties to Nebraska, which, you know, right. give or take what that means to, to you as a, as a fan, as a listener, whatever. But, um, on the flip side, I, I think, you know, if he shows, I think he could be similar to like, uh, this is a weird comparison, but like Deion Sanders, Jackson state, you know, he's such a big name mm-hmm. for that area and whatnot that like everybody wants to play for him. Cause he's Deion Sanders. Again, Deion Sanders and Mickey Joseph are way different. I understand that. But mm-hmm. I think I think the name game and the recognition that comes with Nebraska fans as well as Nebraska soon to be players would be huge. And also, I mean, we've we've all the three of us have talked about it. Mickey Joseph seems to be working his wide receivers just as hard as he can to get the best performance out of them, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, like uh, we haven't officially said it, so I'll be the first one to to throw my hat down. Um, I I think I'm going to go kind of right down the middle. I, I think we'll do better than 6 and 6. Mm-hmm. But my guess is 7 and 5. I think 7 and 5, which is technically the under obviously, but right. Nebraska, I mean it's the Big 10. I mean, Nebraska is also known for dropping games they shouldn't. Um but you know, I do think we have a favorable schedule this year. Plus, mm-hmm. I do think as sad as it is in year, where are we, year five with Frost? Um, I think at this point, you know, I think a bowl game is bare minimum. And I know, but I think a bowl game and six and six, while that would be enough, I don't think it's going to cut it. I think seven and five with the bowl game and maybe a bowl game win would be would be enough for me to say, okay, depending on the five losses. If it's seven and five with, you know, Bo Pelini type losses, you know, that's tough to say. Uh, that to me is that's treading tough water because, you know, I think there might be something there if we go seven and five and a bowl game win outside of, you know, if we have five brutal losses that are just 25 point plus or whatever losses. But, you know, that would show improvement. I mean, to me, that would still show improvement. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key to me is seven and five with marked improvement in all positions, which we talked about kind of with special teams, as well as 
um, uh, crap, what I was going to say, <laughs> as well as just, you know, I mean, like, look at last year. Yeah, everybody keeps running the joke. We were the greatest three and nine team in college football, which I hate the joke personally, but it's not, <laughs> it's, it kind of makes sense because we were in every game we played, including Oklahoma. Oklahoma was supposed to completely rail us and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we still kind of shot ourselves in the foot and they took advantage of that. But on the flip side of that, we definitely were in every game. Now, obviously that made all the losses so much more worse, but if we can figure out how to be on the other side of it, where we win the game, you know, I mean, that, that's, that momentum's going to ride high. And so to me, I think seven to five is that's, that's where I'm going to put my mark. I'm, dangerously putting my mark that's where i'm saying it so what do you guys got i have been back and forth between six and six and seven and five as well um it's just it's so hard especially those last four games with minnesota michigan wisconsin iowa it's just like for sure you might be able to sneak minnesota or wisconsin in reality you know you might lose all four (laughs) And that's that's it's just like if you lose those four and then you know you say you lose Oklahoma like yeah seven and five season that's great you know you could also go seven and five and lose North Dakota or you know Indiana but beat Minnesota Wisconsin it's like well yeah you look at that he lost to those teams but he beat two teams that he hasn't we haven't been able to beat in a while so it's like that's it's just so much goes on to which teams does Scott beat this year. How much does he get blown out by if they lose? Type thing that kind of makes it tough to like. The seven and five can go a lot of different ways. So it can six and six of which games you win, which games you lose. Because there's going to be both sides of the ball of oh yeah, but you know he lost to North Dakota, but we finally beat Wisconsin this year or something like that. And it's and that's why I feel bad for like Trev this year because if like if that's the case and we don't know what that mystery metric is for his contract of what he has to achieve. We all think it's a win. It probably is a win total. Um, But, you know, like if he does barely meet that win total metric or whatever, but, you know, you lose to like Georgia Southern. It's like, you know, what does Trev do with that situation? (laughs) Type Right. Um, Do you stick to your word or you like, yeah, we finally beat Wisconsin or Iowa, but, you know, you lost to North Dakota or Georgia, uh, Georgia Southern. So I think... I want to be so optimistic, but I think, I think I'm going six and six just because there's just so many variables with this season. And like we saw last season, one, one wrong play, a punt to the left side and everybody goes right (laughs) can change the entire course of the game and the rest of the season. Um, And that's, I mean, I, they go better. Great. That's all I want. Um, realistically, just looking at it, I think six and six is probably where I stand, which obviously is an improvement. It's a bowl game. We haven't gone to one since Mike Riley, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, there's just, there's so many variables and so many things that could happen this season that, yeah, one wrong play again, or one penalty, one fumble snap can change the entire game and change a Michigan state win to a Michigan state loss, <laughs> just like that <laughs> uh, type thing. But that is where I stand. 
Yeah, and I guess I'll preface mine by just saying I think I would be elated if we could make it to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, six wins, I think, is a magic number to get to. Um, seven would be great. I think I do agree with you, Zach. I think six wins is kind of that magic number. Get us to a bowl game. Get us just some of that momentum going forward. Um, I do agree with you guys, too, that there's just there's a lot of variability with this season. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, like you said, Andy, one or two plays going the right or wrong way uh, could really make the difference. And we we saw that last year. We saw where it was just one or two little things that, uh, whether it was the fumble at Michigan or the <laughs> the punt return against God. Michigan State. Um, it's and like yeah, those two plays you those add two wins to the record, and you're mm-hmm. four and eight to six and six, just like that. Two two big wins also. Yep. Yeah, Those two big two games alone would be big. Two big wins and just literally two plays. There was two plays that changed those two a win, <laughs> and then and it changes the entire conversation. Wonder. We would have had this entire off season. <laughs> yep. It, I mean, it also makes me wonder too. Going in, just thinking of the Michigan game last year where uh, we had Teddy Prochaska go down. If he stays healthy the entire rest of the year, mm-hmm. does that change our entire outcome? Because our offensive line is able to be more efficient. And which side note for that, they have said he's healthy this training camp. So mm-hmm. haven't heard mm-hmm. anything bad about that. They said he's been playing, so which is really good. Yeah. Well, outside of the you know fifteen to twenty puke sessions or whatever <laughs> during practices, and Scott said like, that today that Scott they asked him about that today, and Scott said he may have exaggerated that number. <laughs> Love it. Because <laughs> that's fifteen to twenty of practice. That's kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. That was one of those con- like I love Scott Frost, obviously from the Nebraska history, obviously, but like some of the things in in uh, just the media stuff like that, just boneheaded. Mm. And granted, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say I know what to say. I'm known for sharing too much information myself so maybe he's like me in that regard but that's just like come on dude what like at least say just five like, like maybe that's 15 to 20 or whatever it was like what is this what are you maybe doing that's, maybe that's another mystery metric is he has to be nice to the media <laughs> <laughs> and nice in public um, appearances <laughs> but i i think that's a i think that's a good segue Kind of. Well, I mean, it's they, a weird segue. It's we a weird cut, segue, but we kind of cut Nate off. I don't think did. Nate oh, gave right. his prediction sorry. yet. <laughs> Nate didn't. I'm sorry. We keep. We'll let we Nate finish. Each other. <laughs> sorry, Nate. <laughs> no. Um, I guess my closing comments on it will be: I'm hammering the over. <laughs> <laughs> the optimistic like, of the bunch. I, yeah, what I'll, nine wins? I'll let, I'll let you guys <laughs> keep your six and seven win seasons. I'm I'm going for nine. I think oh, win. there it is. Yeah, I beat Oklahoma I I, but losing the last four. <laughs> pretty uh, much, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. I think we can go on a nice run there. I mean, Oklahoma's really the one that stands out in those first nine games as the, I mean, toughest of the bunch. And I think, I think they'll be beatable. I think they're going to be looking down on us a little bit even after last year like 
we have a lot of question marks going into it, but I think our offense is going to be revamped. We've got a lot, a lot of experience still coming back on defense. We've got a lot of good coaching on defense. I think we can mm-hmm. pull that upset off. I just hope they're ranked high enough when we do. Um, right. But <laughs> past that, we got Indiana Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois. Those all like, I like you guys said it should win. We could. They're games <laughs> that we haven't really been able to pull off, but it. I don't know. I just have that feeling going into the season that's from drinking way too much Kool-Aid. Probably, <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I feel like these are games we're going to pull off and it this just feels like a different season going into it. Whereas last year was kind of like, oh, man, I, I hope we do all right. Like this year is it seems, it's more that prove it season. It seems like the guys are more locked in. That's not I don't know. It, it seems different than last year. And so I think we can run those nine straight. Even if we don't run nine straight, lose to Oklahoma. I I feel confident enough that we can knock off a Michigan, Wisconsin, or Iowa. If, like, if we go 9-0 into Minnesota. We've come close. We've come close. <laughs> if we go 9-0 and then lose four. <laughs> That that discussion, that game day discussion, or not the game day discussion, sorry, that week of. Oh, oh. <laughs> if you go 9-0 into Minnesota, but then lose the last four of your season, I don't nine even nine know how I'll feel. <laughs> like, yeah, Nebraska. we won nine games, but we lost the last four. <laughs> yep. that's, that's Nebraska abilities, man, which actually is probably something we should have started with. You know, um, last year during, just for those that are curious where the name came from, we should probably throw that out there. <laughs> Um, during the Michigan State game last year where everything looked like a lock for Nebraska to win, somehow Nebraska found a way to lose the game. And so, of course, naturally, it's not just a possibility, it's a Nebraska ability. And so, <laughs> thus, we're here now. <laughs> what prompted us to start it? Obviously, Nebraska, you know, kind of sucks. So, <laughs> we wanted to talk about it. But with that, um, weird transition, but I like it. Um I think, you know, that that kind of gets us into maybe more of the nitty gritty details. And let's start with uh, roster discussions. Um, I know um, the roster, like we talked about, way different, totally different. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess a good place to start, I think, is the captains. Um, Captains were announced this week, Mm -hmm. I think. And I think, um, you know. I, I was kind of surprised by a couple of them, but, um, you know, I thought Garrett Nelson and Travis Bokalek, probably pronouncing that wrong, not good with names. Um, oh, those, two made sense. Great, yeah. those two made sense. Um, Caleb Tanner also made sense. I think he's shown a lot of growth in the time he's played here. Mm-hmm. Nick Heinrich was really the main surprise. Uh, not, a, mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I was like, oh, good, good for him, obviously. Um, what's your guys' thoughts? Uh yeah, so Scott had they had asked him that today at the press conference, and he had said that he didn't want to make it seem like you know they were doing two and two, two from offense, two from defense, because um, as we know, most of the experience is returning from the defensive side. Um, yeah. and he did mention it's not like any of the offensive players, whether they're new players or the transfer players, didn't have leadership skills. Um, it's just the fact that just with the guys that they did choose, those are just the true veterans that have been here a while um not like casey thompson's not a veteran i mean obviously we know he has experience he has good playing time um 
But I mean, he's also that. new. He's also new to the Nebraska side of things. And yeah. I, I actually agree with everything you just said. I haven't gotten right. to watch the press conference, but I like, I like that line of thinking actually. Yeah. So that's and he says Casey's a leader on the field, but the guys that they chose were all voted by the players, and that's those four guys have the most votes of anybody else on the team. And there were he said there were plenty of offensive players that got votes too, but uh, Travis got the most just on the offensive side and the other three were on the defensive side but I, I like the picks um they're i for sure knew garrett nelson and caleb tanner were going to be for sure on the defensive side uh just the captains the leaders um just because they've been names that have been around scott for probably three or four years i think they've been here yeah um but you know i wouldn't be surprised um because I think he did that one year to where, like, he did rotating captains for a bit. I don't know, if, unless I'm just completely thinking of some other team that did that. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if they had any sort of rotating captain that we might see whoever emerges on the offense. Um, probably Casey, you know, might be out there for a game or two as a captain. Um, but kind of along the captain line, too, they said that, they didn't award the black shirts yet for the team because when they practiced Saturday, they had already shipped them to Ireland. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so he said, I think when they get there Monday or Tuesday, um, that they're going to give out black shirts for the defense. That's awesome. So, kind of along the same captain lines, but uh, I thought that was just kind of funny too, that they threw that in there. Like, yeah, we, we have the black shirts decided, but they're already in Ireland. <laughs> So we can't give them out yet. <laughs> that'll actually work out perfect, though. Taking you know, like mm -hmm. here's who they thought were going to be black. You know, here's who they say are black shirts. You know, how does that mm -hmm. translate to the first game? Gives us something to talk about for sure right. next week. So I love but, it. But yeah, I I didn't I didn't have any issues with the picks of who got voted for captains at all. You're up, Nate. Yeah, I didn't really either. There were. <laughs> I mean, they're all like, like you said, uh, Nick, Nick Hendrich, kind of mm -hmm. whatever, um, however you pronounce yeah, that. Um, yeah, it was a little, little bit of a surprise. Uh, so I was just a sophomore. So that was, mm -hmm. um, I mean, pretty impressive that he's already been able to gain some of that respect from, from his peers. Um, I right. think that's definitely a good sign, but, uh, yeah, overall, I think, I think it was a good group with, uh, Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, uh, Vokalek and, and Henrich. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and obviously, I don't I don't know if we've said this, but, you know, if for whatever reason they come across this podcast, you know, congrats to those guys. Big, big <laughs> accomplishment. That's, that's awesome. Um, so glad. Um, with that, too, then we can kind of, you know, start digging into the actual uh, roster. But I guess, obviously, I think the big I think the two big questions I know, let's start with offense. Um, the two big questions with offense are obviously we know that Casey Thompson is the starting quarterback, which <laughs> we talked earlier this, I think it was this last week or weekend mm -hmm. or whatever that we were like, huh, we didn't see that coming. Like, <laughs> with, you know, every, everybody um, knew, but they weren't going to say anything until it got closer to the game. Yep. <laughs> right. It's, it's um, officially official. But yeah, it's been officially announced that Casey Thompson is quarterback mm -hmm. one. Um, and then, you know, I think the big the big question mark, I think, on the team is actually not even QB anymore. Like it kind of used to be 
is now officially just the O-line. Like, how are they going to hold up, especially with the coaching change? And something else that I just thought of as we're talking about it, um, Mark Whipple er, uh, getting announced as essentially the head play caller. Um, Mm -hmm. These three things, again, kind of leads back to how he said there's so many question marks going in, but how does – you know, how does that make Nebraska's team this year different than the last four years? And I think, um, I guess, uh, since I'm still going, I guess I'll just start with my take. Yeah. I think Casey Thompson's going to be great. Um, I think, obviously, you know, I, I can't speak for you guys, but I think we all kind of agreed at some point that we loved Adrian Martinez as just a Husker in terms of just in his attitude. He, he was a Husker through and through until he essentially couldn't be. Um, which I think is the worst way to describe it because I think he definitely wanted to finish here, but I think he knew as well as Scott knew it was, you know, it was time to, to split ways, um, which sucks because I really, really thought Adrian Martinez had, had all the, the, th- the things there, but I think Casey Thompson um, is a great replacement. And I think uh, he's not going to be the type of guy, he's not going to be our, you know, necessarily the guy that's going to run, uh, he's not going to just start scrambling all the time. Well, in theory, you know, if, right. if the line can hold, if the line can hold, <laughs> I think, you know, he'll be a great passer, which I think is something that we've, you know, needed a lot of work in, in the past few years. Um, you know, I, I don't remember the last time personally that I can say, I remember having a pure passer at Nebraska, at least keep remembering it well. Um, but on the other side of that, I, I think, you know, I think he is backed up by a lot of good quarterbacks on the team that if he's not the guy, and again, I think he's going to be, and provided the O-line can hold for him, you know, I think we've got a lot of good options there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he might not be the same type of guy as Adrian Martinez, but again, I think it was kind of a well-known fact that we needed somebody that wasn't Adrian Martinez. No disrespect to the guy by any means, but I think it was, I think it was being proven that we needed something different. And again, and if it's, you know, this is also the year that I think we find out if it was actually quarterback play that was holding us back or if it was just a line play or maybe a mix of both. And I think kind of the perfect storm this year. What do you guys take? So, yeah, I, I agree that the death at both, Probably QB and running back is probably the deepest that they've been in quite some time. Um, I mean, just the quarterbacks behind Casey that Scott has talked about of Chuba and Logan are just uh, battle competition the entire time, even though we all knew probably Casey had the slightly better edge through camp until unless he either got hurt or he performed bad. Um, we all knew that Casey was going to be the starter, but I mean, you have five scholarship quarterbacks right now, and we've never really had that before when we had Adrian all for four years. As we saw when Adrian wasn't in, our backups, you know, it's it's tough to rely on those backups, and that's what Scott had said differently with Whipple is, you know, before we had packages designed for each quarterback. So like last year, you had one for Adrian, one for Logan. And even before when we had uh, Luke McCaffrey, you had plays designed specifically for him. Well, now with Whipple, you have all 
all these plays that are designed for all the quarterbacks to learn. So you don't have ones that are just for Casey or ones just for Logan. They probably do, but probably not as much as they had before, which I think is new. It's probably better for the offense. Um, But in terms of like running back and receiver, I mean, those are also a lot of new faces, a lot of new names outside of like Ramir Johnson, Omar Browning. Um, But, you know, you lost your, a leading receiver last year with Samare who went to the NFL and I think the running back room is just so interesting to me because you have Ramir, you have Jacquez. Yeah. You have Gabe Irvin who got hurt last year, who also looked really good last year uh, for that. Um, Those are like the three big names. I think Um, they also said Anthony Grant has been playing super well as well. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Anthony Grant coming out. So it's like, those are four names that, Three of them played last year, um, not on a consistent basis at all. So that's also it's like who's going to emerge as the leading either rush back or leading receiving back type thing. And that's why that's kind of like a big unknown to me right now is who is going to be starting game one at running back and who are they going to be like a work, a cowbell running back, essentially. Um, Are they going to have 22 plus rushes? for a hundred yards every game type thing. Or are we going to let it, you know, sit back and do a running back rotation where they have 10 to 15 rushes per back type in a game. Um, You just, it's that room is just so it's so crowded with so many names that we've seen and, and have heard before, but we just don't know who is going to be that top notch running back. And then yeah, receiver, Outside of Omar Branding or uh, Omar Browning, no clue who is going to emerge as the leading receiver. I know Marcus Washington is Trey that Palmer. transfer, and Trey Palmer, yeah, from Louisiana, and then Marcus Washington's the transfer from Texas, who has played with Casey Thompson before, which I think helps a lot there. Um, but yeah, I don't. It's just I know I know they're going to throw the ball. I just don't think we'll have a a thousand yard receiver this season. For one guy, I think maybe Trey Palmer gets close to eight, nine hundred, maybe Marcus Washington, but I don't think we have a thousand yard receiver. I would love to be wrong. (laughs) All right. All right. So here's where, here's where my optimism will kick in. I think this year personally, and then Nate, I'll let you go. I just, I had to say this before I forgot. I think that Omar Manning might be one of our top receivers. I think this Mm -hmm. year he's finally going to, and I, I shouldn't say he's going to put it together. I think this year is going to be the year where he finally gets, you know, he's got a quarterback that has the passing down to where he gets the gets in the ball in that spot. And I think he's going to have a good year. Now, a thousand yards, you know, I, I'm not a betting man. I wouldn't put money on that necessarily, but I think there's a chance and I think he will have a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a standout player for me. And I only say that because I think Samari had like, 900 something last year and i mean we saw and he he had such a weird year too because he had it was like the ohio state game and i think wisconsin where like he'd have those touchdowns for 70 70 yards yeah 70 plus yards and then he had i had to i would have to look it up but then he would have a game like say against purdue where he would have 40 yards Hmm. and it's just like he was so 
up and down last year. But he yeah. he had close to 900 yards, I think, if not more. I think um, that sounds right. But another name I forgot is uh, Oliver Martin last year, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Won't, for, won't forget, I think it was the Wisconsin game where he dropped a ball because he was scared to get hit. Yep. But that's uh, <laughs> neither here nor there, but I definitely was, remember that, that play. Oliver Martin. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, – I definitely remember that play for sure. But I just – I mean that's that's who last year our top receiver was was Samari who, I mean he just had such a flux of a year. I'm trying to mm-hmm. look up stats of what he had. Here we go stats. Um, yeah, it's just the tight end room is even more unpredictable because outside of not outside of Volkolek. I mean, they're hoping to have Fedoni healthy when he is healthy. He is supposedly, like, the top recruit tight end that they have. And he got hurt. He had that injury that nobody talked about until, like, last month. But What's the what's the status on um, Fedoni? I thought he was coming back this year. Week 6? Sometime midseason. Okay, I think um, obviously everybody was super excited when he came on. Right, and uh, he was. I think they were like, "Oh, he might start over Volkluck," which that was probably a long shot. But I mean, Volkluck is going to be your starter, but out behind him, it's just like uh, I don't know who would be the backup, <laughs> the tight end, because yeah. Volkluck can't play the entire game, <laughs> which is why they were so high on Fedoni because he would be it type thing but in terms of just receiving options I think that that was let's see yeah so, so yeah Samari would have he had 108 against Northwestern he had 150 against Ohio State 113 against Wisconsin but then he had one yard against Minnesota 42 yards against Michigan State and 27 against Oklahoma mm-hmm. so it's like Samari had such a flux of a season and then he still ended with, yeah, 898 yards, so almost 900. So, unless you get that consistent of a number from, like, Trey Palmer or Omar Browning every single game, I don't think you're going to have a 1,000-yard a receiver on the team this year. And I think, I don't know, I that could be a good thing. I feel like that could work more in our favor than not. I think uh, if it means we're running the ball, yeah. <laughs> between that and just, I think passing the ball around, mm-hmm. where we have more of a gunslinger like Casey Thompson, I think he feeds mm-hmm. a few more mouths than uh, Adrian. I mean, uh, right. just looking at kind of some of those players that he'll have, like Omar, uh, Marcus Washington, Trey Palmer, Wante Brown. Um, he's he's gonna have people to throw the ball to. Travis Vokalek, um, Fedoni when he gets back. It's, mm-hmm. and I, I think that'll really work in his favor. I think we can just spread out the field more than we have right. in the past. We're not going to have just a uh, small that we have to throw to. And... Yeah, I agree. It's not a bad option to have that much death, but it does become an issue to where, like, you know, late in the game, you need someone to go grab mm-hmm. that ball, grab that catch. Like, yeah. Jordan Westerkamp. I mean, you know, like, with for sure he's going to catch that ball. <laughs> yep. you like, outside of Omar Manning, it's just like, you know, 
unless someone emerges throughout the season, there's no real like big veteran wide receiver to like lay play. We need a downfield pass to get in field goal range. Who's going to make that play? Who's going to make that grab mm-hmm. type thing? And that's where that's where spreading it out too much can become an issue unless someone does emerge throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it's not a bad thing to have that many options for Casey um, until they're back against the wall and needing to win the game. That's where we'll find out a lot about this team. And I'm almost kind of slightly hoping it happens against Northwestern because I like I'm intrigued to see how this team responds to mm-hmm. some sort of adversity right out of the gate. You know, are they going to be like last year, or, or are we going to see a whole new team? <laughs> If if we win every game by thirty, though, we wouldn't be upset. Well, no. I don't. I, nobody would be upset about that either. <laughs> I would Absolutely. much rather. I would. I would love to prefer that. Absolutely, <laughs> be a stress free season for everybody. <laughs> so, I mean, I know we didn't touch on it too much, or maybe you guys did when I had to get up there for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the offensive line. I think being the biggest question mark, I think, you know, mm-hmm. I, you I know, have no taste. Going, <laughs> going, going all in on Casey Thompson, which I thought was great. You know, when we picked him up officially, I was like, awesome. And then, you know, as I started to think about it, I was like, well, our offensive line isn't very good. So what the hell do we do? Um, but with that, I, I think, I, I will say just, and, and I don't know how closely, you know, you should follow people from that go to the practices from like the Lincoln Journal star and whatnot. And the, mm-hmm. I think the new on three or whatever that is, you know, yes, on three people, people that, you know, are there. I think it was Sam McEwen or Kewen or however his last name. Again, bad mm-hmm. names. I think he was the one that came out with an article that said, uh, you know, the offensive line is going to be one of the most, you know, eyeballed parts of the deal this year. We're part of the team. Um, but is it his job to fix it? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I, I see his, I saw his point, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like, obviously, you know, offensive line, I think is the biggest question mark offensively. Um, and I think, I don't know. I, I think Nate made a good point earlier with Teddy coming back. I think that's going to be huge a lot. because he, be he showed he squad. had a lot of potential Mm-hmm. Um, until he got hurt, you know, he was, he was doing his job and he was a very exciting player to watch, um, mm-hmm. which not a lot of people watch the line when you watch, you know, a football game, but he, he knew what he was doing. Um, mm-hmm. but then, you know, we have a whole new coach in that position and, and not, not a whole lot of people were necessarily warm on the guy. Um, that's not to take away from his, his past or anything, but mm-hmm. You know, the the reception was not the same as when we got Mark Whipple and Mickey Joseph. Like, those people, you know, those two, everybody was pretty mm-hmm. ecstatic about, for the most part. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. see too much negative, too much negative press there. Or not to press, but, you know, fan reaction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Riola or Re- Riola. 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 Yeah. I, yeah. I think, you know, he, he didn't he didn't have the same reaction. Now, granted. Obviously, O line is not an exciting thing to watch. It's not an exciting part of football in terms of the the key plays that you see on TV. But they are essential to the team playing well. You know, mm-hmm. the game starts and ends in the trenches. Um, mm-hmm. 
ironic coming from a guy that played running back in high school, <laughs> but the game starts and ends there. And so like, you know, I think that's the key component this year on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with that. There's a lot of question marks with how they're going to perform. A lot of, I mean, there's some names coming back that are familiar, but um, I think they're, again, a fairly young group still, from what I could tell. And that kind of scares me. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I... We, we have a decent quarterback, running back, wide receiver, even tight end room. But if you can't block for any of them that doesn't really matter too much i do think that is the biggest question mark of the offense maybe the team in general um because mm-hmm. i mean if we're if we're going on that i know i know we probably got more to talk about but right we're gonna, but if we're gonna sure. transition on that special <laughs> I, teams has got to be up there but i yeah. do think our special teams <laughs> is going to have a hell of a lot better year this year honestly. i for I sure mean, offense I mean, line is the biggest question mark and that's yeah, yeah same, same thing you said with the hiring of Rayola. I mean, it's not like you're bringing in a forty-plus-year-old experienced coach like Whipple into this team. You're bringing mm-hmm. in someone who's never been an assistant or like a, an official offensive line coach before. He's always been an assistant to somebody before. Yep. And yeah, dude, that's did the same thing with NFL though. So I mean, yeah, when I mean, that that helps. He did. That's true. Um. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things like what I'd heard earlier in the offseason is obviously NFL and college are different. He's never had to deal with, like, recruiting at all in that aspect. And now he has to come in, run an offensive line while recruiting more offensive line to come here that he's never done before. Now, Scott being away from offensive responsibilities probably will help him in a little bit with that. So Scott can maybe do more recruiting. But, you know, it's a whole different ball game for him but scott loves him so i guess you know that's all that matters <laughs> and that's that's where you put the faith too is you know mm-hmm. you're head, you you assume that your head coach knows the best and you know obviously as husker fans we're a little you know a little iffy <laughs> on what that means exactly but <laughs> um actually you bring up a good point though andy with that which um i think was something to hit upon was um ah shoot what did you say i'm sorry <laughs> i forgot point <laughs> um it'll come back to me but go ahead and i'll think of it real quick well it was more of uh i mean going back to the oklahoma brett venables i mean this is that's why people don't know about oklahoma because this is his first time as a head coach of a program i mean he's always an assistant at clemson and now he comes to oklahoma running the show I mean, it's kind of like Scott's first year as a head coach. He went, what, 0-13 at UCF his first year? Not saying that Oklahoma's going to go 0-13 <laughs> by any means. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot different going from an assistant to being in charge of something on your own now. And, I mean, obviously we know Scott was always an offensive coordinator or some sort of assistant before he ever became a head coach. So it's definitely a transition period going from an assistant at an NFL to – an official like coach of the old line in college where you have more responsibilities. Now you have probably more daunting task of game week versus recruiting um, and how you split that up versus. And that was, and that was the point that I was going to make earlier before I forget was 
with Scott, I think a key thing this year is the fact that he is not stepping down some of his responsibilities, but he's now going to be more of a game manager rather mm-hmm. than trying to run the offense. And, you know, not I have no idea what goes into that. Obviously, that's not what I do on a day-to-day basis. But I think, I personally think he was trying to do too much. So him stepping back some of those responsibilities, I think will help actually make a huge impact on the team. For sure. Dog. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's such a, a new aspect. And that's kind of the other thing that worries me about the offenses. Outside of all the new transfer players and new players, you have all these coaches that are brand new to each other. It's not like the staff that Scott had brought with him from UCF to where they already know each other and they know what it's like and just going to a new school. I mean, these are four different new guys that are coming to a new school that have never coached with each other, coaching new players that have never been to Nebraska either that are, you know, trying to save Scott's season essentially in his career at Nebraska right now. Um, So that's why it's like it's so many variables on offense right now. And the only constant we have going for our transition point next to defense that we haven't really heard a whole lot about defense throughout the offseason. And no news is good news, essentially. (laughs) Um, We know that Chance is doing probably good work. Uh, Biggest, I think we can all agree the biggest transfer for him was O'Shawn Mathis. For sure. Coming in to absolutely uh, the defensive side, opposite of uh, what I would assume of Garrett Nelson for your edge rushers, is probably how that's going to look. But they needed another veteran presence on the line outside of Garrett Nelson because you lose Ben Stilley, you lose I don't know who else they lost last year, Um, but not necessarily a line person, but obviously you lose JoJo at you know, some sort of nickel linebacker blitz rusher as well. Um, so those are two huge presences you have to replace. Um, and Garrett stepping up is good, but I, I think, think one that um, I think a lot of people are obviously high on just from last year was definitely was definitely a Luke Reimer. I think yes. he was huge. Yes. I think he. I think he's another one that you can mm-hmm. add into this pool of people. That's that's one that. I mean, we've all, I, I don't know how close you guys follow like the Facebook pages or anything like that, but um, they've been talking about how I think Luke has been um, a watch player, a watchable player for uh, one of the defensive awards, which, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's preseason. We're all, we're all kind of assuming based on how last year went, but it's still, that's still a huge thing. Like mm-hmm. we went three and nine last year. That's terrible. That's not what Nebraska fans want to see, mm-hmm. but he's still being, he's still being looked at for this award. I think that's great. Um, you know, I, I think you're right. I think our defense still a little nervous because we did lose a lot of good. I mean, we lost a lot of good players. Um, specific. I mean, I will say, I think Jojo was the spark of the defense last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was obviously other players that were just as good um, that fit their role well, but um, you know, I think Jojo was the, the, the catalyst that ran the defense um, mm-hmm. and granted. He was here for what felt like 48 years. So that helps, but you know, um, I'm curious to see who I think is going to be kind of the guy that 
the guy that uh, comes out as you know the catalyst for the team this year, which mm-hmm. I think could be Luke Reimer. I think Luke Reimer could be the guy right. that is the one that pumps the team up, you know, in in that face of adversity or whatever. You know, we might be up forty points or whatever, but you know, hopefully at that point, you know, if we have right. their second and third string in there, if that's the case, but. <laughs> Even then, like somebody's got to be the one that's that's pumping the players up, and I think um, Luke would be the one to watch for that. And I think it probably does say something that you know Heinrich is a captain, so obviously he had a great fall camp at linebacker. That obviously he gets made captain his sophomore, junior. I think it's a sophomore season, um, but. You know, it's probably something that what happened during fall camp is he must have really stepped up, must have really improved on the defensive side to be named captain already. Um, so, I mean, most of us probably would have said, you know, uh, Gifford based off of just last year alone um, after JoJo. But so it must be he must have stepped up really well during uh, fall camp to earn that leadership spot already. And probably, probably going to be a starter, um, I would imagine, with Luke. Or I think Isaac Gifford is also still in the rotation for linebacker as well. He played a little bit last yes. year, too. But, yep. Yep. Um, so I think Isaac is more of JoJo's role in terms of position as a nickelback over a linebacker. But um, I think we'll see a lot of him, too, for sure. I'm hoping we see something out of uh, Noah Pola Gates too. Uh, and he's safety, but I think I think he'll have a pretty decent year. I mean, he'll finally get to break out. I think. There. What you got, Nate? I was just gonna say I think my pick is uh, Garrett Garrett Nelson. Yeah. Garrett and Nelson, just, I think, he's is also got that, a huge standout. That dog in him, and I mean, there's there's a little bit of Western Nebraska bias in me. So, uh, <laughs> having him from Scotts Bluff, I'm <laughs> excited to see him playing well, but. Uh, uh, just all the interviews and things I've seen of Garrett Nelson, he seems like he's going to be one of those guys that can really pump up the room. And I mean, we kind of we did kind of skip over him, I think, or maybe we maybe I'm just forgetting. But Caleb Tanner, obviously, if they think mm-hmm. he's captain material, I think obviously he's right. going to have a good year too. He's obviously I, matured in his position. I think he's I think he's definitely one to watch. I think their corners are fine. I think I am more concerned about like the safety ish position because you have obviously you can kind of rotate like Caleb Miles Farmer last year. Um just looking at these other names. I mean Omar Brown maybe. But I mean there's a lot of new corners and safety names that we didn't see last year because obviously you lose Cam Taylor mm-hmm. Britt um and that rotation for that. Quentin Newsom's still there so he's probably gonna be a starter for sure. But I've heard a lot of people that are high on Tommy Hill as either a special teams returner or possible starter at corner. Because if I remember right, he might be the transfer from Ohio State, or he's just a recruit. I'm completely thinking of somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but I. But that actually works out really well, Andy, because I think that's the other thing we got to talk about is you know special teams. Um, right. Eh, obviously, obviously a pretty weak spot on our team last yeah. year. Tommy Hill's just a recruit, um, so I'm thinking of somebody else. 
Um, but for special teams, obviously, you know, the team last year was, what were we, second worst? Is that what it came out to be? I would believe it. I mean, I mean, I think we were in all of in all of you know ranked college, and I say ranked like this, you know, college football. Um, I think we were second. We were, I mean, bottom five. I I remember reading that stat. We were bottom five. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure somebody out there will message me and correct me if I'm wrong. But nobody's going to sit here and argue that we were good last year at special teams. Um, and obviously, I think we went and corrected course and got ourselves a specific person for special teams. Uh, in, is it Bill Bush? I think is his name. Yep. Yep. Um, and I do think that's going to be huge. Um, unfortunately, special teams is kind of one of those things that you don't really hear or see much about it until the, the year starts. So, I mean, we really don't have much to talk about, I think, other than the fact that we hired a specialist or a, a key position point for that. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that kind of goes back to the overall conversation that I think – you know, whether it's Trev Alberts strong arming Scott to saying you need to do this, or mm-hmm. Scott on his own volition saying we need to get these players or these players, these you know position coaches filled. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, gro- growth is happening somewhere now. Whether the growth actually is going to amount to anything, obviously we don't know. But I, I do think the key parts, and I, I guess not to cut anybody off if, unless you got more to talk about, but I think we kind of talked a good, good amount on it is I think we've got the key parts to be a a really, let's say really decent football team. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to not be too optimistic. Um, I think we can hit strides of good and even great this year, but obviously the key points being, you know, we got a lot of question marks at a lot of different places, a lot of new people, but we also have a lot of uh, presence um, from veteran players that are coming back. Uh, in quite a few places. And even even if they're not veteran players at, at Nebraska necessarily, they're veteran players in their position. Casey Thompson being an example. Um, you know, Omar Manning being an example of somebody that's been at Nebraska for a while, which he might not necessarily have the greatest statistics to show, but he's been a veteran of the Nebraska way. Mm-hmm. I mean, by all accounts, he could have left in the last two, three years or however long he's been here. You know, my brain is not my brain is not remembering all that detail right now, but he could have absolutely left and he didn't, you know, he's, he stuck it out. And I think all of the, I think a lot of that mentality that now I think we got a lot of players that are here to play for, you know, this, the Nebraska N, if you will, um, you know, they're playing for the front of the Jersey, not the back. Um, but I think, I think it's one of those things where I think now we're going to see a new leaf turned in a way that we've got enough new people that's going to spark a lot of uh, good play because they want to play. Like they, they want to play for Nebraska. Um, you know, they might not be the greatest player in the world and that's okay, you know, but they are going to work their ass off and they're going to be, you know, the best they can absolutely be. And I think outside of the the big question marks, which to me is the O-line, um, the special teams putting it all together this year and just, the overall new amount of people, I think this year could shape up to be a good year, but I do think there is cause for, um, not concerns, not the right word, but I think there's some cause for, um, skepticism. Um, but I think we're going to see again, I mean, this kind of goes back to our original, our our first point. I think we're going to see a lot of good things from the Nebraska football team. Is it going to mountain wins? We will see. And I, 
I like kind of what you were touching on there, Zach, for a little bit. Um, you just mentioned that there's a lot of just kind of passion missing from the roster in a sense. Like you, you could tell that there were some players that were out there and not necessarily, I don't know, playing for that uh, jersey on the front, uh, not really playing for the team. And so I think just looking forward and looking at the roster, looking at the guys we've got, it seems like we're kind of turning that page, turning that new leaf. Um, getting a lot of guys in there that I think really want to make this program uh, better and make it kind of give it some more national prominence back to where it's been. Yeah, uh, for sure. If I had to rank it, I think the I don't want to see most 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 concerned I'm about is special teams. The more intrigued is the offense of what I think. I'm concerned about the offense just because there's a lot of new pieces, but I'm more intrigued on the offense and more concerned about special teams because special teams hurt us a lot last year. We left a lot of points and we let up a lot of points. Um, obviously, the punt return against Michigan State, but the blocked punt against Iowa, I mean, changed that entire momentum of that game because um, we we were up, we were winning, and that I mean that happened, and then we just we fell apart after that. Um, yeah, we were at that game. You could feel the uh, yeah. It just the life got sucked out of that stadium yep. after that because yep. we everybody in that stadium had the same thought was here we go this is it yep. this is where everything changes. <laughs> um, not too concerned about the defense. Um, I mean I think we all agree. Shenander's done a great job of obviously last year they kept us in all those games. We just shot ourselves in the foot. Um, but even even since Chenander got here, I mean, I still think he's been a good defensive coach. And yeah, there's some big pieces you have to replace this year, but I think he is a good enough coach to be able to fill those spots and do a good enough job to get keep us in games with the defense for sure. Which I think is something that now that now that you say that is uh, going back to an earlier discussion we had just as a, a talking point. Um, we talked about, you know, if Scott Frost isn't the guy who who might be, you know, I said Mickey Joseph, but Eric Chenander absolutely would deserve, I think, a shot at the head coach spot. Um, he's ab- like, it's been it's been proven time and time again. Um, you know, and we he's, can definitely touch he's on got that players. Oh, for sure, he's got players that have played for him, and they absolutely will go to bat for him. And mm-hmm. you know, he he'll go to bat for his players. He reminds me very much like. Bo Pelini in terms of player, you know, player to coach interaction. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. Um, obviously it shows. Um, and then with that, you know, I, uh, sorry, Nate, didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're all good. I, <laughs> that's about so, all I had. I guess one way we could wrap it up is we can kind of look at Saturday, um, give some predictions, mm-hmm. see uh, how we're, how we're feeling about Saturday. Cause it is technically game week right now. <laughs> it it has quickly approached. It's been a long off season for all of us, and I think just for those that want football back, <laughs> yeah. it's time. It's time. You, my you at the whole nation gets its first football game to watch us against Northwestern <laughs> in Ireland. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, Andy, lead us um, off. What you got for prediction? <laughs> So I'm basing it solely off the spread. So spread is still 13 uh, in favor of Nebraska. Over-under is 50 and a half, which I still, that's 
extremely low. <laughs> Considering you have a that's a two score differential and your over under is fifty and a half. Usually it would be like sixty plus if you have like a two score win. So Vegas thinks we're gonna blow out Northwestern. <laughs> I would definitely take I see and I wanna see I would definitely take Northwestern on the spread. I don't think it's going to be us by two plus scores. I think it's going to be probably 10 points, but obviously I'm predicting a Nebraska win, but I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to win by more than 13. Um, Like we've said earlier, there's just too many variables going into this game to where it's not going to be a blowout. I think, I think it'll be close, but I still think we probably win by probably 10. Um. Yeah, you got like but, a you got like a score you want to uh, attach to it, just because God, then we can then we can start writing it down and you know, keep track of how close we are. Um, I think. God, I didn't even think about this either. Um, I want to say if you don't if you don't have one, we can go to Nate and then you can yeah, Nate can end with you. I definitely for sure a Nebraska win. Go to Nate. I'll come back when I think of a score that's reasonable <laughs> okay so i think yeah we got got a lot of question marks but i think we got that defense returning oh i don't know just a lot of intensity got a lot of firepower on offense um i again i just don't see yeah Fis, fitzgerald's a great coach i just don't see northwestern making that big of a leap, I don't think we're going to see what fifty-six to seven again. I think is what the score was, something like that, somewhere mm-hmm. in that ballpark. Um, I don't think we're going <laughs> to see anything uh, quite as spectacular as that. But uh, <laughs> I'm thinking we we can get some scoring done, um, and I think the defense. I, I think there will be a few lapses. I can see that early season just kind of jitters getting to them. But uh, um, I'm going. I think. 31 to 14. I'll I'll go on uh, the over for that spread there. Okay. All right. Then I'll take it from there. And uh, obviously, um, this is a Big Ten game. And so we all know Big Ten games are famous for being something like 2 and 10. Or, you know, 3 and 14. Middle of November Um, in the snow. (laughs) And, you know, Shit, big, you know big ten just, games. Big ten games can go. Here, I forgot to even check what the weather's going to be like in Dublin. Uh, probably fifty-ish and raining, if I were to guess. It sounds like Ireland. I think. I yeah. I'm I'm looking it up right now. I'm going solely based off what Ireland is usually like. Sixty-six but, uh, degrees. Oh man. Partly cloudy on Saturday. Okay. Perfect football day. Let's be honest. Perfect yeah. football day. Um, don't, but don't anyway, really there's a chance for rain or anything, so we might actually luck out on that. <laughs> God, that's <horrible. laughs> Um, but no, again, it's a Big Ten game. Um, not only that, it's the first game. It's a Week Zero game, so I mean, it's even earlier than our normal Week One game that Nebraska would normally play. Um, <laughs> with that though, I, I think what you're going to see is two Big te- Big Ten teams going at it and just knocking the rust off of each other. Um, meaning, I, I don't. I think, ironically enough, and I'm not a, I don't gamble, but I think the line is actually good. I, I think, what was it? Did you say 50 and a half? 
uh, for over under. 50. Yeah. Sorry, over and under. Yeah, sorry. 50 uh, and a half over and under, I think, is actually a good good guess. Um, th- 13 point spread uh, to me is ridiculous. Oh, that's all. That's a lot of. Um, I don't. I don't think. You know, I think they'll. I think they'll hit the over. Uh, I don't think Nebraska is going to hit. Or, or sorry, I, I think they'll go. Yeah, I think they'll hit the over. But I don't think Nebraska is going to have that 13 point spread. And it's not because I'm trying to dog on Nebraska. I think it's again, these two teams. It's it's been a long off season for everybody. It's going to be knocking the rust off. Um, that said, I am going to, going to go a little bit higher than eight. I think, and I'm going to go. 36 and 16 or 17 sorry 36 and 17 um which definitely hammers that over um but i would love to know your math to get the 36 (laughs) (laughs) not that they can't that's like (laughs) or unless you're unless you're saying they get to 30 and go two field goals after that but you don't i'm not trying to dish your score (laughs) no i I, I'm saying, well, you know, never know. I don't know. I'm going to throw 36 out there. I think it'll okay. happen. No, you're sticking um, with your guts. I love it. 36, 36 is just one of those numbers that stuck out to me. I'm like, I, I think it's Stick with your guns. No, I love it. 17. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think uh, – I, I do think the – I think Nebraska will win handily. I think what's going to happen is the spread's going to be missed because of garbage time. Um, mm-hmm. I think – I think Nebraska will win, but I think it's going to be one of those things where if you gamble, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I'd actually hit the uh, the over. But. Right. What you got, Andy? Uh, so I think I'm going to go 35-24. Um, over hits, but 11 points. I I still think it's under that uh, that spread. That's just that's so many points to leave on a week zero game. Not at not in the states at all. Which is, I mean, that's going to be hopefully not an issue for either team. Hopefully they figure out the travel and the sleep schedules and everything. But, I mean, that's that's another variability you have to throw in there. It's a out-of-country game for the start of the college football season. So all bets are on the table with that. But I still think Nebraska wins um, 11 points. But I think, I think it's a, hopefully a good showing. And if they blow them out. Great for us. <laughs> Would love that too. <laughs> Tell you what, if we if we get that thirteen point spread and it's on Nebraska's favor, I'm all for it. I'll, <laughs> I will take. I'll that. eat the lost. I'll eat. The I will lost. gladly. I would gladly eat the loss on that. So, I think with that, that's going to wrap up our first uh, episode going into week one of the Nebraska football season of the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. And uh, with that, we thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Peace.